0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Oh, man, it's so good to be together this morning. If you're new to River Valley, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, uh, same to you. So glad you're joining us this morning. Uh, We have been... In a season of fasting and prayer, we begin our years here at River Valley with 21 days of fasting and prayer. We've been spending some time growing through some of the things that God has for us in our lives. Jason did such an incredible job last week of really inviting us into a place of feasting during fasting. That may be a new mindset for you, but in seasons of fasting, I many of you know actually what you're doing is you're feasting on God. You're, you're developing a hunger for more of Him, more of His presence, His Word. All of those things are actually growing in our lives as we maybe deny a few areas. It's actually creating space for hunger in some others. And I thought Jason did just such an amazing job of kind of drawing our hearts into that this last week. Um, and I want to encourage you to finish out our 21 days. We've got seven days ahead of us. I don't know what you've been doing. For some of you may have been doing nothing. Don't feel guilt. Don't feel weird about that. But what I want to invite you to, we've got seven days to finish this out. Ask God what he wants to do in your heart and life this week. Ask him what he's inviting you into in this space of devotion and relationship with him, of maybe setting aside some things in your life. Um, And and let your heart engage with what God wants to do in these last seven days of fasting and prayer for us. Because I promise you that as we lean into this year and what's ahead of us, God has some incredible things in store for us, but it takes some preparation. And, And that's really what fasting and prayer does, is it prepares us for what God already wants to do what he's already been desiring to do in and through our lives. So as you look at the seven days ahead of you, uh, maybe this afternoon, go home and spend just a little bit of time in prayer and say, God, what is it that you have for me this week in this season of fasting and prayer? Show me what that's going to look like. And I promise you, if you'll obey what he's asking you to do, you'll reap the fruit of that in your life. Amen? Uh, my, my sister actually gave me a book about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Little, I wouldn't even really call it a book. It was just like... Uh, probably 60 pages long, kind of this small little book, and it was called Keep Chopping Wood. And it was a powerful little book of this experience that this young man had with his grandfather when he went out and visited his grandfather on a farm. And this young man liked playing sports and was involved in all these things. And when he went to his grandpa's house, he just knew that there was always going to be work. How many of you know about farms? There's just always work to be done, right? There's just always stuff to do. And this young man was out visiting his grandpa. And his grandpa was chopping wood in the spring. And he was out there visiting. He, he was just kind of perplexed by this reality of why he was chopping wood in spring. And so he was working with his grandpa and he was getting a little bit frustrated. And, and his grandpa began to, to ask him what his deal was. And he, he began to say, I don't understand why we're chopping wood now when it's something we're not going to use for a really long time down the road. And his grandpa began to teach him this amazing lesson. That in order to be prepared for the winter that was coming, you have to do some work in the spring for that. Because by the time that winter gets here, you don't have time nor the ability to cut the wood that you need in that moment. And can I just tell you, that is fasting. (laughs) Some of you are like, let's get off the fasting subject. Let's move to something else. That is fasting for your life. That is part of what it produces. It's not for this moment in this season. You hear me say this all of the time. The reality of fasting is fasting. Fasting is preparing you for what's to come. And so when we take these moments and seasons, and I know we're in 21 days now, and I don't know what God's going to talk to you about this year in your season of fasting and prayer, but I just want to encourage you to keep chopping wood. Keep preparing for what God has down the road of your life. For you, your family, the people that you're going to be around. Because here's the reality. You don't know what's coming. (laughs) You don't know what's coming, but God does. Here's here's the reality for the seasons of your life. Fall and winter, they're a-coming. We're actually living in it right now. Everybody with me, right? The the reality of the seasons of your life, they're coming, and you want to be prepared for their seasons. How do you do that? Well, you chop wood in the spring for the wood that you're going to need in the winter. Is anybody here with me this morning? Come on now. So as we as a church people, as we as followers of Jesus enter into these seasons, these moments, that God calls us to in fasting and prayer and preparation, it's always because He's trying to get us ready for what's down the road. And as a church leadership and family, eldership, and all of these spaces, we're trying to draw you into those spaces of preparation so that when the stuff hits the fan in your life, and how many of you know it will happen, that we're not in that season scampering around trying to find firewood for the fireplace. We're not burning the furniture and... you, you with me here? We've prepared. And the hard time comes, and they're challenging and difficult, but we're able to navigate our way through it. Why? Because we prepare through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Too many people, and I would say too many Christians, find themselves unprepared for the seasons that they're in because they didn't prepare for the season that they're in. And, and God wants to take us through seasons of preparation. So that's what we're in right now as a church family, really what we're looking for that God is doing in our hearts and lives. And so we, we want to prepare well for the things that God has for our future. Can I get an amen on that? Come on now. And, and so that's what we're in. We're in that season together as a church family. And we're talking about abiding. And this last week I got to be, uh, last Sunday I actually got to be in McCall with Pastor Joe and Mountain Life Church. Um, they, I just love getting to be with family. Can I just tell you that? Uh, They send their love to you guys. Um, It was such a rich time just being together, Um, just getting to fellowship and the the connection that God gives us. And as as I was listening to Pastor Jason preach, because I got to do that on my way driving back down, uh, 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 this place of abiding, he did an incredible job last week of, of really inviting us into this place of coming and being near to the heart of God. In fact, he he built it off the platform where Jesus said, just come, come. There's, There's an invitation from the heart of God for us to come and fellowship with him. Now, many of us have heard kind of that terminology around our lives a lot, and we're like, yeah, but I want you to just stop for a second and be reminded just in the atmosphere that we're in here this morning that the God of all creation loves his time with you. Now we can put context to a lot of things in this life. We can talk about the beauty and the wonder of Idaho, and if you ever got to experience the t- sawtooth, like just the majesty of those things. And for those of you that enjoy the ocean, that's me, uh, enjoy just the beauty and the breadth and width of the ocean and standing by it and its power, and there's just something that happens in those moments that reminds us that we are small and there's something else out there that's really big. For most of us that are Jesus followers, we attribute that to the creation, the greatness of who God is. But can I remind you that the creator of all of that loves his time with you. Like in fact, he created all of that so that we would be drawn to that place with him. The wonder of creation, the beauty that he's created in the, the people that are around us, just all the things that we experience in our life is all to point us back to him. Because he loves Spending time with us. He loves the communion, the fellowship, the joy that comes in that place of relationship. And it's this reality that we're talking about today that that He invites us into the place of abiding with Him. We've been spending time in John 15. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into today. But John 15 is really all about this place of learning how to abide in Him, to be close to Him. And here's what I love about this invitation from Jesus, that Jesus gave us to come. He didn't just say, hey, hey, come. He showed us how to draw near to the Father. He didn't just say, hey, you guys should just like have a relationship with God. It'll be a good thing for you. Go do that. No, no, no. Jesus, Jesus wasn't just a, hey, hey, go do what I say. Jesus is, was a, hey, let me show you how to do this, and then I want you to do it. He invited us into this place of relationship by modeling to us how to do that. How do we know that? Well, because Jesus, in John chapter 14, which is the chapter right before John chapter 15, everybody with me on that one, <laughs> said these words that I think set up perfectly where we sit today. John chapter 14, verse 6 says this, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus said, Hey, there's, there's a way of doing things, and and I am that way. And not only I am that way, but I'm going to show you the way in which you can walk and experience this wonderful life and relationship with the Father. And so today I want to talk to you about doing it the Jesus way. Can, can we do that this morning? Can we talk just a little bit about this example that Jesus set for us and how to relate to and connect with the Father, if you're a Jesus follower, then, then we've all been invited to the same journey by Jesus that He clearly invited His early disciples to and those that would come and follow after them. And here's what Jesus invited people to. He invited people to come and experience, to know who He is, the character of who He is, and His competencies, what He did with His life. There's this beautiful invitation that Jesus says, hey, I want you to not just know about me, but I I want you to know me. And and, and not only just know me, but I want you to know the, the things that motivated me, the character components of who I am as Jesus the Messiah. I want you to experience that not only just intellectually, but I want you to experience that in your living And so Jesus invited us into this place of of knowing him, and he invited his disciples into this place. And the reality of it for most of us, we make following Jesus really, really complicated. Jesus made it really, really simple. Come and follow me. In other words, do what I do. And as we experience this walk of faith with Jesus, for some reason, we love to get out in front of him and be like, Jesus, you should come follow us. I mean, look at us. We've got this church thing figured out. And Jesus is like, slow down there. Come follow me. And when we talk about abiding, abiding is when we slow down and we are reminded that we are connected to him. He's not the, the connected to us. And I know that sounds a little bit weird, but I want you to think about this logically. He is the vine. We're the branch. Which one starts first? The vine. The vine. And that was Jesus' invitation to us as we come and follow Him, that He is the one leading the way. We are the ones following the leader. Anybody remember playing follow the leader? Come on now. There's this reality of what He's doing in our hearts and lives, and it's an invitation to come in a path that He's already created for us. This is why He says, I am the way. He's the way. And so He's leading us into these places. Now, I want to remind you that it's simple but not easy. Jesus at no point in time said, hey, this is going to be easy. But what he did lay out for us was very simple. We're good at making it complicated. Times like these is where we come back to the the simplicity of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about this abiding space. And I want to take it off the platform of the model that Jesus set for us. Jesus had a shape to his life, a rhythm to how he did things. That was the that is the model for you and I. And I want to take you into a passage of scripture today that's going to help set for us the framework of that. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that works in our lives from our abiding relationship. Everybody ready to go there this morning? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. And There's a little context around this. Jesus is kind of beginning the ministry space of his life, and he's been been doing some things throughout this time, and he's showing a beautiful example both to his disciples presently and to those that are to come, that would be us, of what it looks like to have a Jesus-shaped life, to have the rhythms of Jesus in our life. And so I just want to present them to you this morning, and then we're going to explore a little bit how that looks in our lives. Here's what it says, Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says, One day, soon after Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be the apostles. Here are their names. And they went on in the next verses. You can read those on your own time to identify who those were. Verse 17 says, when they came down the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowd." There were people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from as far as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come here to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. In this short passage of scripture, we see kind of the Jesus model to how he did life and relationship and the priority of which that flowed from. And I just want to present to you today that there is a, there's a structure to our lives, a rhythm to how we live our lives that is in rhythm with Jesus. And there are rhythms to our lives that are out of rhythm and out of sync with Jesus. And what these seasons of abiding, and I would say even daily abiding does, is it allows us to become aligned with the rhythms of what Jesus is doing. And sadly for most of us, we dance really well to the rhythms of everything that's going on around us in our world. The needs, the wants, the desires, the pressures, all of the things that are pushing in our life. And Jesus' invitation here was to come and just to learn his rhythms, to learn how he did it. And so in, in Luke chapter 6 here, we see three very distinct things that Jesus did to set the rhythms of his life. First and foremost, it says that he went up to the mountain and he prayed all night with God. Jesus set a vertical relationship, an up relationship, a connected relationship with God as the primary driving force of his life. And I want to represent this to you in a, in a kind of a triangle to give you a picture of of how this looks and works in our lives. Do we have that that we can throw up there? Maybe. Not so. Oh, there it is. So a Jesus-shaped life begins with the up component of our life, this, this vertical space where Jesus knew that his source came from the Father, and so he modeled to you and I, first and foremost, he was going to go get information and direction and identity from the Father, which would lead him to the next space that Jesus demonstrates to us. After he spent time with the Father, what did he do? He went down the mountain and he spent time with his people, his, his friends, the disciples, the disciples. Scripture tells us very clear that he, he went into this, this different relational space from space and time with the Father. Then he, he, he moved into this other realm of, of relationship in his life, and that was the in-relationships of his life. So the people that he was closest, he was most close to his disciples and the people that were walking with him day in and day out, and he spent time and he, he, he connected with them and they talked. And then, then what happened after that space? Scripture tells us then they went out and they ministered to the multitude. So Jesus has a rhythm to his life. It's a up relationship with the Father. It's an in relationship with the people that are around him that he's doing life with. And it's an out relationship that goes into the community, the world, our neighborhood, our schools, our workplaces, and has impact in those places. Do you see the rhythm of Jesus? Not complicated, pretty simple actually, but not always easy. And so when we look at, the Jesus kind of way of doing things. Today, I want to focus in on this up relationship that he developed with the Father. Now, all of it is important. We're to, I promise you throughout this spring, we're going to talk about this Jesus-shaped life and what does it look like to have all three components living in harmony with one another? What does it look like to develop those spaces? and We're going to talk about them all, but today I want to focus in on this up relationship. What does it look like to really grow our up relationship with God? with the Father, in the way that Jesus modeled to us. And really the best platform for that is what we see out of John 15. John 15. I want to read John 15 to us again this morning, the beginning space that I want to invite you to put it in the framework of my up, my vertical relationship and connection with the Father. Again, we're following Jesus's model. This isn't like a Tim idea. I didn't come up with it. I wish I did. I make me brilliant, but I'm not brilliant, so therefore it had to come from Jesus, right? And Jesus showed us this brilliant rhythm and model to his life, and then he invites us to experience it in what we see in John 15. So let's, let's go to John 15, and let's, let's put this through the lens, the reality of a vertical or an up relationship with the Father. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may—excuse me—bear more fruit. You are already cleansed, clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then he goes on to say, in verse four, "Abide in me, remain in me." Same same words translated there. And I and you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they are gathered and cast into a fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my words my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you my father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit so proving to be my disciples so jesus paints this beautiful picture After modeling and setting an example for the disciples, and Jason did a great job last week of this this chapter 15 space here is really where they're moving from the Last Supper into this this place where Jesus was going to sacrifice his life. And he talked about walking by the temple and this analogy that they had, this illustration that they already had in their minds of the vine and fruitfulness all of those things, and Jesus was painting a picture for them, and he was inviting them into this place of intimate relationship with him, and he was saying, listen, in order for you to be who you were created to be, you have to abide in me. There's no two ways about it. In other words, for you to be a follower of Jesus, you can't do that separately from Jesus. In other words, you can't navigate life day in and day out on your own understanding, your own way of living, the ways that you want to do things, and expect to bear the fruit that Jesus has for you to bear in your life. He's inviting you. Listen, the only way for that to take place is for you to spend time close and near to the Father. And Jesus said, I'm not just telling you to do this. I showed you how to do this. Jesus showed us that the source of all his power and all of those things came from direct communion with the father, that up relationship that he cultivated and was intentional about. That he went all night, that meant he sacrificed sleep in order to spend time with the father so that he could come back to the disciples, do his in relationship with them and go present the gospel to the world through that platform. But Jesus knew that the source of that was his relationship with the father. And so he modeled that to us, and then he invites us into John 15 saying, listen, I don't know how to make this more clear to you that if you don't abide in me, if you are not connected to me, there is no way for you to bear fruit, at least nothing that will last. And Jesus is saying, that's not what I want for you, and it's certainly not what the Father the vine dresser wants for you. He's inviting you into this place of life that is fruitful and abundant. And yes, there'll be some pruning in these moments, but there's only the only reason the pruning takes place is so that you can bear more fruit. This was the heart that Jesus was inviting them to. It was this excited anticipation of, hey, I want you to experience the wonder of what it feels like to live in abiding fellowship with the Father so that from your life, fruit can happen. Jesus was saying, I don't just want this for you because it's a a neat thing to talk about. I want you to experience what I am experiencing with the Father. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus withheld nothing from us, but in fact, invited us into this beautiful, life-giving relationship with the Father. Our up relationship with Jesus is the source for everything that takes place in our Christian journey. And and to be clear, the Bible says apart from that, so the things that we're doing apart from that space, they're not going to bear any fruit in our life. In fact, really what the scripture is teaching us is those are the the branches that, that are severed from the vine, and they're just sitting there on the ground. There's no way for them to bear fruit because there's no life source attached to them. And so Jesus is inviting us, and so many times as I've, I've pictured this conversation, I, I've just pictured Jesus saying, like, you need to abide in me. Like, you, you need to come spend time with me. I don't think that was Jesus' posture at all. I think Jesus was like, would you come spend time with me? I have such wonderful things for you. I want to pour life into you. And I want you to, want to, you to be able to experience the, the difficulties of the hot sun. I want you to experience the, the wonders of the wind and the, the rain and all of those things going on in your life. But I want you to experience those by being connected to me so that in all of that time and that season, that I can be the life source inside of you that gives you the ability to be sustained through all of that. That's the invitation of Jesus to come and abide. To remain in him, to be near to him. So how do we do that? A lot of times we we, we try to get complicated, but but I just want to tell you this more, we do it like Jesus did it. I just see the disappointment on everybody's faces right now. Of, of course, no, no, no. Like, listen to what I'm saying. We do it like Jesus did it because we're following in his way. Now, we, we, there's lots of creative ways out there for us to spend time with God. There's lots of really creative things out there that kind of help us to develop our relationship with him, but, but one of the primary ways that he invites us is just simply to come. Jason invited us last week to just come and to be with him. John 15, verse 10, it goes on to say, and that's this right after the passage we read, it says, when you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His. Abiding in my love will show you, and, and living in the love of Jesus, experiencing what that is like, not just hearing about it, and I want to say this as as kindly as I, not just coming to church and hearing about the love of God, but day in and day out in our life, abiding with Him, being close to Him, and allowing His love to saturate our life, gives us the wisdom to follow His commands. In other words, what happens is, as we abide with Him, this is what Jesus was saying in verse 10, as we abide with Him, as we remain in Him, as we spend time with Him, obeying his commands is not a hard thing to do because we understand the wisdom of his commands for the trajectory of our life. In other words, all the things that he's doing in your life that sometimes can feel a little pruny and a little painful are all about his love for you, wanting to move you into a place of great fruitfulness in your life. Without being near the vine dresser, without being near connected to Jesus, we misunderstand those moments as the, the, the discipline of God God being something where he's upset at us, and we don't understand them as the love of God that is directing us. And so Jesus was saying, listen, when you abide in my love, when you, when you live in this place and you get to experience that, all of a sudden the things that I'm, I, I've asked of you, the commands that I've set out for you in my Word, you learn to love those because you recognize them as the safety barriers for your life, the things that keep you in this place of abiding that develop inside of us a heart that is that is so uh, beautiful and wonderful because we're in connection with the vine. That was Jesus's invitation to us. And I love that he didn't just, just say in this place, and do this because it's the right thing to do. He didn't say that. He said, just as I obey the Father. Did you notice that Jesus led the way? Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to experience and, and being totally enveloped by my love for you. I want you to experience in every beautiful facet of it. I want you to understand it, even though maybe in this life you've had difficulty with family and friends and people that have said they loved you and treated you poorly, Jesus is saying, listen, I want, I want to teach you what real love is all about. And the only way to do that is by, by being near, close to me, abiding in me, and following the instructions that I give you so that can be cultivated in your life. And Jesus doesn't just stop right there. He says, just as I have done that, With the Father. He set the example. He didn't just say, go and do. He said, come and see. Experience this the way that I'm experiencing it in relationship with the Father. Jesus went on to say, Lord, just make them one like you and I are one. Jesus is so, his heart for us was so that we would experience God and his love and his kingdom in our lives in the same expression that he was experiencing it with the Father. He wants you to experience that kind of life-giving relationship. He wants you to experience the freedom and the joy and the hope and the peace and all of those things that come by abiding in Him. But there's only one way for that to take place. And Jesus said it only comes from abiding with Him. And so when we think about this up relationship that we have with the Father, when we think about abiding with Jesus and walking in relationship with Him, it's not something that can kind of work at certain seasons of our life. It's what actually gives you the ability to live every day of your life. How many of you know a, ver- a branch separated from the vine doesn't have much time? Shrivels up quickly. But One that is connected to the vine can withstand all the challenges of the environment that's around it because it's connected to the life source. That's what Jesus was inviting us to. So let's get practical here real quick. I want to make sure that as we talk about these spaces of abiding, as we talk about these spaces of growth, and we're going to talk about our in relationships, and we're going to talk about what God's called us to do, but we're focusing on abiding here today. What are some practical things? I want to remind you that abiding means to intentionally come close to, to cease in your striving, and to be. I don't know about you, but that's just a beautiful picture. But the pace that we run at in life, that's a really beautiful picture, an invitation for us. Worship and prayer, fasting, Bible reading, these are all intentional ways of abiding with the Father. I love being a part of a church that that, that is committed to learning how to grow in these areas constantly. For those of you that have been a part of the Church Center app over this 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's been an awesome kind of stream that's been going in, in, in part of the, the group of just prayer. Right? every day, people have just been sharing their thoughts on what God's been speaking to them throughout the day. Can I tell you, that has been a huge life-giving source for me because I'm connected to the body. It's been a wonderful place of just inspiration and some new thoughts and ideas that I had never thought of Kelly Penn. Man, if you guys want to just be inspired, you should start writing like daily devotionals, Kelly. It's incredible. But I'm telling you, she she does incredible, just puts incredible thoughts in there. The Bentlers have been putting things in. It's just been this great place for us as a community to come together and to begin to digest some of the things that God's speaking to us in our life. Can I tell you, that's, that's learning how to abide. It's being connected together in community. It's being connected with the life source of what Jesus is doing in our lives. Here's here's a key to abiding for you today, and this is where the rubber is going to meet the road for us today. When it comes to abiding, here's here's the challenge. Most of us, conceptually, if I were to say, do you like spending time with God? You'd be like, yeah, I I really, I, I really do. But if I asked you what the challenges were, Here's what most of us would say, I just feel like I get so distracted so easily. Now, because we're a church family, how many of you would say that distraction is probably one of the number one most challenging things when it comes to relation devotional time? It's so hard. Like there's this, rea- there's this competition for your attention. And this is exactly what Jesus was speaking about in John 15. He's inviting us to come and abide in him. And really what he's doing is he's trying to say, listen, listen, there's lots of things that you can be plugged into your life, but there's only one thing that's actually going to produce what you're looking for. Jesus doesn't ignore the fact that there's all kinds of distractions, things that come to try and get your attention one way or the other. Your mind and your heart, they're going to abide somewhere. Your attention is going to be on something. The world that we live in today is constantly trying to to vie for your attention to be on the the cataclysms that are going on around us constantly in our culture, whether it's sickness, politics, disease, uh, whether it's relational challenges, whether it's money and resources. There is an endless supply of things that want your attention. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you'll you'll listen and learn daily how to come and abide with me, if you'll learn how to to get away and to, 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 to... to quiet some of these other spaces of your life, you'll learn how to, to take in this life-giving flow that I have for you through my Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus invited us to abide, because he knew the only way that, that was, we, we would ever live in the fullness of what God had for us was to be connected to him daily, constantly. I would even say moment by moment. And that is what this invitation from Jesus to abide looks like. Now again, most of us are facing constant distractions in our life. So I want to just give you some practical thoughts this morning when it comes to this space of spending time abiding with him. Some of the spaces we abide in are these right here this morning we gathered together, we had a beautiful time of getting to worship God together, and there was just a, a beautiful connection that took place for most of us in our relationship with God. Most of us, what we try to do is we try to, mm, we got to put that in a box, and I want to take that home with me. That's not at all what Jesus is. That is a corporate expression of worship and celebration, and it's a wonderful thing. It's part of our journey of faith. But there's also this time that Jesus invites you to that Jesus modeled for us of going and being with the Father intentionally, of connecting with him out of that space. And what Jesus did, and part of the reason why I think Jesus actually went at night is because I think it put away some of the distractions. Think about it night. Everybody else is sleeping. Nobody's demanding his time. Nobody. None of those things are taking a place. And so I think Jesus actually set a good example. Now, I'm not saying just like, hey, every night in the middle of the night, you need to wake up. And But what I am saying is there's something that we can learn from Jesus, that he went away and he set aside this place and environment where it was as distraction-free as he could make it. And I'll just tell you personally in my life, man, that to find a place that is distraction-free. We have six children. That right there already puts us at a disadvantage when it comes to quiet and um, all of those things. But but here's what I know. Jesus was intentional about it. He taught me to be intentional about it. So therefore, I get to learn how to be intentional about it. Right? And so getting places, creating spaces in your life where there is a distraction-free environment the best thing that you will ever do if you actually want to spend time with God is put away your phone. I know I just offended half the room. Here's the reality. Our phones are a wonderful gift. I'm so thankful for the connectedness and all of the things that they bring to our life. But when it comes to our relationship with God, it's probably the number one distractor that we have. And I'm the guy that says, oh yeah, but I'm reading my Bible. No, I'm not. Every time something goes ding, every time something comes up on my screen my my attention from what I'm there for to spend time with the Lord, to, to give him my undivided attention is now all of a sudden divided. And so I just want to give you something practical. And and for some of you, maybe this will start out with five minutes a day to be cell phone free. But create some space around your life that is distraction free, like Jesus modeled to us. It may mean that you need to get up early early in the morning. It may mean that you, your lunch out Time in your day is, is the easiest time for you to be able to do that. Go sit in your car, uh, turn off all the lights. Give yourself an opportunity to just not be in a distracted place. And here's probably what you're going to find, that the, the, the abiding in Him space that is, is what you remembered in, in seasons and times of your life where it was just like replenishing and joy-filled. Most of us, our devotional space is challenging at best because it's in competition with all the other distractions that are going on. So when we talk about abiding today, I want to invite you, and this is just one practical thing. I want you to just figure out a way in your life, have some strategy, how you're going to create some space in your life to just not have other distractions. Now, here's the challenge this far. Space. We go into that environment. We put away all the distractions, and then there's still this thing. Anybody have a problem with this thing right here? And this is the rhythm that we learn how to get into of learning how to have the Holy Spirit teach us how to silence all the other voices that are going on in our head. Now, I'm not standing in front of you here today saying this is going to be an easy journey. But what I can stand in front of you here today and tell you is that it'll be a worthwhile journey. I don't know what's competing for your attention. But here's what I know. The creator of the universe has invited you into abiding with him. And there's some beautiful things that he wants to deposit in you in those moments that can only come from those moments. And so we as followers of Christ need to follow Christ. Jesus said, go get away. Have these, have these spaces where you can go and develop and grow your up relationship with me. And don't let anything come in and steal that time. Notice Jesus wasn't like telling the disciples, get away. No, he, he, cre- he carved out space to go and be with the Father. Why? because he needed it. If Jesus the Messiah needed alone time with the Father, I promise you, you and I desperately need it. And not only do we need it, but it's been provided for us. The only thing that remains is a choice on our part of how we will intentionally abide. So as we think about this place of abiding, as we think about just the invitation to us, I want to I encourage you to take a step this week. I'm a, I'm not. please don't make these long, grandiose choices in your life, okay? Because what the enemy would love to get you to do is to make one of those choices. You fail tomorrow morning, and then you'll just abandon it. That's never been the heart of God. He wants you to just recognize his wonderful invitation to come and to abide with him. And when we make some of these little decisions, it opens the door for bigger steps to take place in our life as we grow and develop our up relationship with him. We're followers of Jesus and I just invite you today follow him follow him into the places of abiding that will grow inside of you these beautiful beautiful things that God has for us in our lives amen here's what we're going to do this morning we uh, at the end of all of our services we try and take time to spend time together in discussion and prayer and community and Kind of discuss some of the things that God's doing to us. And I, I know many of you are like, you know, that's just, I don't, it, it's hard for me to. Can I just invite you to give it a try? To just spend some time with the people that are around you. And we don't have you know, established groups. It's just, we, we kind of just gather with the people that are around. So we begin to talk for a few minutes just about some of the things. And I, I know if you're here this morning, you've got to go, you have uh, other things that you needed to get to this afternoon. We want to we encourage you to do, to do that. But if you've got a few moments to, to, to take kind of a next step in growth, these are some of the things that we've found to be key in our lives as a church family is when we slow down for a second, not just hear what somebody up here on a platform is trying to say, but we take some time to process that a little bit together. And so this morning, we're going to do that together as a church family. Um, and I just want to give you the thoughts that we're going to kind of lean into this morning in our conversational space I want to pray over you, and then we can dismiss into our groups and kind of enjoy some time together. So here's, here's what I, I want to invite you to, to ask yourself the question. The first question up here is, do I have a growing up life? It's a good question, I think, for each one of us. Is, is my up relationship with God, is it growing? It, 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 does it have place to be fed? Is it something that I'm being intentional about? And the second part, or the follow-up question to that, am I giving the priority to abiding in my uptime? So, in other words, here's here's a challenging space for maybe some of us who have built devotional rhythms in our life. Are you spending more time listening or talking? I'm just going to leave that one with you this morning. You're welcome. Are we spending more time listening to his direction and the things that he's wanting to speak into our life and the identity that he's establishing us in, or are, we, or are we spending the majority of the time talking? Now, I don't know about you, but I can talk. I know that's shocking to all of you guys. This is one of the spaces I'm 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 allowing the Holy Spirit to just till up some soil in my life and to remind me that that it it is way more beneficial for me at this stage of my life to just sit and listen to his words. over me, And so I'm learning how to do this better. I'm growing this up space of my life. And so I want to encourage you in your kind of discussions and thought about your week and as you guys are hanging out together to, to process through. And can I tell you that so many times in church, we like to be like, oh, you don't have an up relationship with God. What is wrong? No, no, no. Church, can, can we all just be real for a moment? We've all gone through all the phases of growth and season. Maybe you're here today, and this whole Jesus thing to you is all brand new. You're starting at the right spot, right exactly where God has you. There's some of us that have had great seasons of devotional life and up relationship with God, and maybe we're in one that just is bleh. There, there, There is no place for any of us in this room to point fingers or look down upon we, we sit equally together in this journey of growing in the grace, the competency, the character of Christ, each one of us. And whatever season you're in, thank God for the season that you're in. Whatever season the person next to you is in, thank God for them. If there's somebody that you thought, man, you, well, you should have a great up life, right? The expectations that we have of each other, can I just remind you, are not the expectations that God has. God has desires. He wants to invite you into this place. So as we talk this morning, can we just be honest with each other? Is it okay to just be like, yeah, my up life has really been brutal. I have not put any intentionality toward it. Or or maybe this morning, there's some really wonderful things that are happening in your up relationship that you could inspire the person sitting next to you to to be able to take some steps. And that's why we talk together in community because we're here to strengthen one another. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, we thank you. Uh, Jesus, first of all, just for your invitation to come and to abide with you. Lord, today, as we finish just our time together, Lord, would you speak to us through one another, God? And Lord, would you teach us, Lord, how to celebrate the places that you've brought us to in life? God, we thank you so much, Lord, that we're all in this journey with you. And, Lord, it's not a competition of where we're at. It's just simply a place and a posture of our heart to respond to you, God, in the environment of the journey that we're in with you. And so, Lord, today we just commit to that. Or we're going to say yes to you, whatever you invite us into today. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one, each family. Lord, we pray for health and strength in each home. God, we pray for physical bodies, Lord, to experience your healing touch, Lord, and those that are brokenhearted, God, to experience the joy, God, that comes in knowing you. God, we thank you that you are our refuge, you're our strength, God, you're the one that invites us into abiding. And so, Lord, today, would you teach us how to better do that, Lord, as we talk together in community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.